Well, I guess first we should say it's episode four. We're doing chapters seven and eight, A Dark Escape and Tug of War. I completely forgot about the out-of-context summary points until like two minutes before jumping in. So they might not be very good, but here we go. We get a little grabby. We get roofied, kind of like we talked about in the first episode. And things get a little heated. And that might be understating it a little bit. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you. <laughs> grabby, roofy, and heated. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Three key points. I wonder what we're talking oh, about. Oh, no. I wish I could say that was unintentional, but I think my brain knew what it was doing. Okay, so should we get into chapter seven? A dark escape? Yes. All right, so starting out chapter seven, Majima and Makoto arrive at a warehouse. And Majima seems kind of irritated. He's being not very gentle with Makoto. Did you notice that? I did notice that. you. So we end on a note where he's super protective. I mean, he did almost kill her. But I do think that this is a dramatic change in his personality because he went from stop crying, I, I'm not going to kill you to like, I'm just going to leave you here. Not going to kill you yet. But you're the reason why I'm in so much trouble right now. This is the first time he actually gets to collect his thoughts without worrying about other Yakuza people potentially killing them. I think, it, yeah, it's just sinking in the gravity of what he's doing. I think it just kind of seems like he doesn't know how to treat her. He's protective, but he's also supposed to kill her. And so he's got like two conflicting things. Like he's got his orders... And he's got his, like, instincts. Moving on, they start talking, and we do get confirmation from her that she is Makoto. And Majima asks a little bit about the bat tattoo guy, and if he is the reason the Yakuza are after her. And she says that she doesn't know, so Majima continues trying to learn why she's being targeted, and continues trying to ask about the bat tattoo guy. And so this is the second time now that he's asked her about it. And she ignores it and instead asks him who he is. And he responds, I'm a lost cause. And then reveals that he is a joke of a hitman and he was sent to kill her. And my question is, why does he tell her the truth, do you think? He kind of has nothing to lose by telling her. Or it also might be a way to somehow still have a leverage on her seeing that I was sent to kill you. I didn't. You owe me. But in case you do anything wrong, I still reserve the right to kill you. (laughs) But I think, I mean, it's part of it just that he's feeling like a failure and he just, he's tired of keeping up appearances in this moment. I am curious that he introduces himself to her as a lost cause and Mm -hmm. everything. Do you think that if Makoto pushed it and asked him to, so what is your name or what should I call you? Do you think Majima would have told Makoto what my name is instead of saying my name is a lost cause? (laughs) I don't know. Do you think he's just too embarrassed to attach his name to his actions here? I don't think so because I I was paying attention and he does tell Lee his name. And he goes around saying his name to random strangers. I think it just happened to be a situation where he... Um, he was just in a mood. Again, was yeah, he was in a mood, he was decompressing, and he didn't want to go into any details. Alright, so then Makoto asks Majima about Lee, and he responds that he was shot, but not anywhere fatal. And now Majima's tone is sort of softened a bit now that they've talked. Um, and he actually jumps up to catch her when she stands up and trips after hearing that Lee got shot. And I think that says a lot because when he walks in, he's kind of not very nurturing, like you said, and just sort of, you know, shoving her around a little bit. But he immediately jumps up to catch her as she's falling. And I think that just kind of gives away who he really is and explains why he's decided to help her so far. It's just his immediate instinct is to help her. So then Makoto asks Majima why he hasn't killed her yet. And he responds, like, it just, it doesn't matter because Sagawa was going to kill him anyway as soon as he learns that he's hiding Makoto. 
So this is when it's really sunk in that his decision to kill her or not has pretty big consequences. Uh, And then Majima continues to say that if he knew why everybody wanted her dead, he might actually be able to do something. So he asks her for the third time about the bat tattoo guy. And she gets kind of closed off and asks him to ask Lee about it. And this is when Majima confesses that he can't say for sure if Lee's alive or not. Uh, So he needs to get to Lee as soon as possible to figure out why Makoto's a target. It's kind of funny because Majima's like, well, sometimes you gotta lie. When she was asking, I thought you said he's okay. So he tells Makoto to stay put. And then he leaves, and outside the warehouse, he runs into Yamagata, who we remember is the owner of the rival club, Odyssey. And it turns out it's his warehouse, and he's letting Majima use it in exchange for a favor down the road. And he assumes Majima is doing some kind of, like, shady stuff with Makoto. And Majima just warns him not to tell anyone about her, and doesn't bother to correct him. You know, he'd rather look like a creep than put her in danger. Plus, and it's not like it's going to do any damage to his reputation. I mean, could it, though? He doesn't care if he's going to be in the Yakuza. That's true. He doesn't care about his yeah. life in Sotenbori. Majima now heads to Lee's office to see if he's there. He doesn't find Lee, but he does find a Chinese doctor who he sort of, like, sneak attacks and kind of chokes <laughs> against a wall. Seems a little unnecessary to me, but it got the job done. He tells Majima that Lee is at his underground hospital. Majima arrives at the hospital slash mahjong parlor where he finds lee and lee asks him to play a game with him and they talk anything before we get another conversation uh not really besides lee's doing awfully well for a guy who just got shot and then again we're seeing that someone thinks they can read one of the main characters lee says he can tell he's new to the whole hitman thing and he thinks he can read majuma and just knows the kind of person he is But that kind of makes you wonder, what does he know about this kind of thing? You know, about being a hitman. Who is he really? Because now he's starting to sound kind of shady. As they're talking, the doctor shows up with a few guys. And things take a turn. Lee says, if I can't tell whose side you're on, it's safer to just kill you. So they all fight. Of course, Majima wins. And Lee starts to realize that he has underestimated Majima. And opens up to him a bit more. He tells him that the bat tattoo guy has nothing to do with the Yakuza going after Makoto. And he tells us the story of how he and Makoto met. So two years ago, she was tricked and captured. And then sold into, like, slavery? I don't know a better word for it. Sounds like it. He found her six months ago, and she has been in his care ever since. And they've been after the bat tattoo guy because Makoto wants to stop what happened to her from happening to anyone else. So I have a question for you. After Majima learns about Makoto's past, is this the moment that he decides for sure not to kill her? Because during the conversation, uh, during the Mahjong game, he says, I haven't decided not to kill her yet. So do you think learning her story and realizing that she's just a normal, innocent person is what makes him decide, you know, without a doubt, to not kill her? I don't think it raises to the level of, like, the without a doubt. I think he confirms his decision of not killing her, but it's not the point where it's going to stop him and he's going to be 100% certain that he's not going to kill her. Majima tells Lee where Makoto is, but then Lee says that Even if Majima lets her live, someone else is just going to come kill her. And that he has a plan for the three of them to all get out of this. And makes Majima decide to be in or out without even knowing what the plan is. And he warns Majima that the plan is not pretty and says, Keeping what really matters safe means giving up something equal. And I think that this quote is going to have an impact on Majima's character. I don't think he wants to believe it at this point. I think he wants to believe that you can keep things safe without making too big of a sacrifice. It's really funny because Kiryu trying to exchange his Yakuza life for uh, Kazama's innocence didn't 
work out well. Although it's debatable whether it's equal or not, but the idea is my life or his life or his innocence doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. That's the overall theme that we keep seeing is that there is no equals and stuff. It's always not enough. And I think that'll tie into a, a major theme that I've been picking up on, which is just like freedom. You know, freedom from the Yakuza, freedom from being framed, freedom from mm-hmm. your city prison. So I think a lot of characters in this game are fighting for some form of freedom. Majima decides he's on board with the plan, and Lee tells him to go look after Makoto. Well, he starts getting the plan in motion, and Majima heads out. All right, this is going to be a big scene for us, probably. (laughs) I'm sure we both have a lot that we want to talk about here. But Majima arrives back at the warehouse and back to Makoto. And she's pretty down at this point. She's happy to learn Lee's okay, though. But she realizes that Majima knows about her past now. And I don't know. I think she seems maybe a little vulnerable or a little embarrassed. Uh, I don't really know. But I do think that knowing Lee is okay is a major relief for her. But she does start to cry because Majima said that, like, yeah, Lee told me your story. So Majima feels bad about making her cry and tries to cheer her up. So he talks about his past and says that compared to her, he's lucky, you know, even though everything he went through. But she's still crying, so Majima changes tactics and says he'll go get food for her. She kind of resists at first, but eventually agrees and says that she wants some takoyaki. She eats, and then they talk some more. But I realized that Majima's hairstyle at the end of the game is the same hairstyle he had before everything happened it's the same haircut when he was in the underground torture area maybe that hairstyle is like how he feels you know what i mean so maybe the ponytail is like he's just not feeling like himself in this life so in their conversation she asks majima what happened to his eye and this is when we find out that it was totally destroyed but he says he's still got one good one and it does the job but she says poor thing which kind of catches majima off guard And she says since her blindness is from emotional trauma that there's actually a chance that she'll regain it, but Majima can't. But then he sort of tries to lighten the mood and he's like, my only complaint is that it ruined such a handsome face. And he made her laugh. So he brought her from crying to laughter, just talking about what they've talked about so far. That's a horrible sentence. (laughs) In their conversation so far, we've learned that both of their lives have kind of been hell at one point or another. They've both been tortured. They've both lost eyesight. That's sort of a a very unique and probably strong immediate connection for them. He notices that she's wearing a watch and comments that it's odd for a blind person to have one. And then she says that the music box makes her laugh or makes her smile, but it's broken now. And she explains that it just reminds, reminds her of when her life was normal. And then she says that She has no need for it now, so she takes it off and starts walking away. And every time I see this scene, I think she's going to keep walking straight into the wall. Or if she's facing a wall, which is like three feet away from a window, (laughs) instead of looking at the window, she's looking at the wall. She doesn't want to hold on to it because she wants to get stronger, so she doesn't want to need things. Um, But she does say... That she'd love to hear it chime again. And this is when Majima picks up the watch and puts it in his pocket. And Majima says that if you can't throw it away, hang on to it long enough. And eventually, it'll bring you good luck. And in a way, it seems like hang on to Makoto long enough that she'll bring him luck. Maybe keep her long enough and now that you didn't kill her, maybe she'll bring you luck. And then she mentions... Her clinging on to things like this is why she can't face reality. But then if you go back to, like, the lighter and the pocket watch, you see people who have things that are important to them and that they keep close to them, but they're still, at one point or another, able to face reality. I think the key takeaway from this part of the conversation is just that Makoto wants to get stronger. Majima changes the subject and tells her that Lee is working on a plan and asks her to sit tight because he needs to go to work. On his way out, he asks Makoto if she's heard of Sagawa, and she says that she hasn't. 
I feel like, do we want to discuss this scene a little bit? Because one thing that I've noticed is just Majima is really truthful with her. Do you think he's just glad to be able to be honest with someone? I was just about to mention that. I think it's because he can't, he doesn't have anyone else to be truthful for. And again, we mentioned how before Kirio has uh, Nishiki, but Majima doesn't have anyone. And I think this is the first time that we see Majima has someone who he can talk to, be truthful for, and it's not like telling her anything is going to put her into more danger. She's already has everyone looking after her, mm-hmm. so there's no harm in telling her. Yeah, it go- I think it all started with that massage. He realized... Oh yeah, falling asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep, he could relax, and she caused that. She allowed that to happen, so I think he just... Even just subconsciously, I think that moment allows him to be more open and honest with her. They're both motivated in a different way. He's motivated to get back into Yakuza. I mean, before being asked to kill Makoto, he was willing to do whatever he needed to. And she's motivated to be stronger, to overcome this and hopefully one day see. So I would say they're very similar like Mm -hmm. that. Well, that's actually... Actually, I think... I'm going to have to go back and check the notes, but I think both of them, it's been two years since Makoto was captured and Majima was put in Saiwa's care. I think it's been two years for both of them. Let me check that real quick. Yeah. Okay. So Sagawa mentioned that they met two years ago. Both of their like living hells started two years ago. I guess Majima had a year of torture before that, but they were both tortured. They've both lost their eyesight. It's uncanny how many similarities they have and just horrible similarities. There's not anything that you want to have in common with anyone. But I think that just immediately makes them trust each other more. That makes sense. So Majima heads to the Grand for work where a waiter informs him that a customer has asked to see him. And Majima follows the waiter to a table where the same doctor from earlier is seated. The doctor tells Majima that he came on behalf of Lee who wants to meet at Majima's apartment. Lee will watch him walk there, and Majima is a little hesitant at first, but agrees. So Majima leaves the Grand and is stopped just outside by the same Yakuza that tried to take Makoto earlier. He wants to know where Makoto is. Sagawa interrupts, and the Yakuza run off. Sagawa asks where Majima is going and if he has found Makoto yet. He mentions that his spies said Majima didn't go home last night. So he really is being watched constantly. Majima responds that he's looking for Makoto now. He's able to break away from the conversation and continues to his apartment, where Lee meets him and asks about everyone watching Majima, who he noticed while he was watching Majima. And this is when Majima explains that he's not allowed of the city. So they decide they need to meet at the warehouse where Makoto is to discuss Lee's secret plan. I think when Lee asked, he didn't ask, but he just kind of confirmed. It's the first time we're getting real acknowledgement that the city is his prison. Sure, we can assume it is, but no one's ever outright said that, oh, the city's your prison. Mm -hmm. And I think that builds on their relationship. So he gets to the warehouse and discovers that Lee has already stopped by but then left to go grab some drinks. But he gave Makoto an envelope, and she said that he told her to give it to Majima, who opens it and sees pictures of a woman. At this point, Lee gets back with the drinks and gives one to Makoto. Turns out that he spiked it, and she falls asleep. And Majima's kind of surprised, shocked. And Lee says, this part isn't for her ears. But here's my question. She still might be able to hear just because she fell asleep. Like, haven't you ever been dreaming and then you start incorporating sounds you hear into your dream? And who knows what kind of sleep you get when you're drugged? She still might be able to hear what's going on. Why didn't they just talk at Majima's apartment? I don't know why you had to drug her. I think they're just being protective of... Her knowing her personality and Lee knows her well enough that whatever plan, she's not going to be okay with True. it. True, which brings us to the plan. 
Majima asks about the photos, and Lee says that she's a marriage fraudster whose husbands always end up dead. And he says that the best part about her is her resemblance to Makoto, which makes her a great body double for them to kill and pretend she's Makoto. All they need to do is smash her face in and burn off her fingerprints with acid. Totally normal thing to do. It's coming from personal experience on how to do it. He's a little too quick to describe how to do it. <laughs> You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. He's even got a uniform to dress this woman in so that the cops will come straight to Lee to identify her. I mean, it's a well-thought-out plan. It's just crazy, which is kind of what Majima says. He asks, what the F are you? <laughs> and Lee says, I think he realizes he needs to be kind of honest here. And he says that he used to be a hitman for a mainland organization and mentions that he had a job to raid the Korean mafia, which is where he rescued Makoto from. And this is when we get sort of some more background into Lee's character. In addition to him being a hitman, we learned that a while ago he had a daughter who died of some sort of sickness, and Makoto is now basically his new daughter. I think the loss of his first daughter is driving the desperation that he's feeling right now because he wasn't able to protect her from being sick, but he can protect Makoto from the Yakuza. So he's willing to just kill anybody to do it. It um, made me think of like an overall theme of redemption where they're always trying to redeem themselves. Yes, it's probably not enough, but that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And his, him losing his own daughter, maybe he saw it as his own fault. He being there for Makoto is trying to earn his own redemption. And so I think that's, that's why it's so important to him. But Majima does not go for this at all, and he refuses to help with this plan. He doesn't think that the Yakuza will be fooled, but he's still pretty quick to shoot this idea down, especially when his life depends on it as well. And so that got me wondering, after his experience with this whole Makoto thing, you know, he was told that he needed to kill this scumbag, as Sagawa put it. But then he's seeing the reality of who she really is, which is just a totally innocent person. And so do you think this makes him think twice before considering killing anyone? No, because I think it's more about Majima's ethics. I don't mm -hmm. know, morals. Because if he's not going to kill Makoto, he's definitely not going to kill another woman, whether or not she deserves it. I think he just doesn't think a life or a life is correct. But it also goes back to that burning question, which is why was he going to kill 18 people? with Saejima, then reluctantly accept a hit and now doesn't want to kill anyone. You can see him sort of having uh, his relationship with murder is changing. <laughs> it is. But I'm also kind of curious too, what if, and this is just one of those conspiracy theory kind of things, is what if Saejima knew that Majima couldn't do it and he purposely tried to get someone to, to stop Majima, even though in the end it caused him to lose an eye. I'm curious what if and this is a big what if Sejima was asking someone to spread word and maybe that just went into the wrong hands and that's where it ended up but he knew his brother couldn't do it so he wanted to stop his brother. I hear you but it doesn't change whether or not he could do it, it doesn't change his willingness to do it. We see in that flashback how how willing he is to do it. Even if he couldn't follow through with it, he still plans to do it. He's, I think he's learning that there's a lot more to people, even bad people. And it just seems like, yeah, his relationship with the murder, he's getting farther and farther away from being okay with it. I agree. And I think part of the reason might also be that for the first time in a while, he's thinking for himself. Mm. He's not thinking on behalf of someone. He's not thinking for someone in the sense where I'm doing it this for you or whatever. He's putting his own thoughts and thinking and decision making into his own hands instead of letting that sit with other people. And that just made a connection for me. Um, we'll get to it in a minute. But um, 
we'll kind of jump ahead here because Lee says, while he's kind of arguing to try to get Majima on board, he says, once a man steps into the shadows, he's black as night till the day he dies. And then when Majima leaves, he says, you said it, once you step into the shadows, you're stained black for life, but you can still choose who you bring down with you. So that goes back to exactly what you were just saying. Yeah, I, I think that point is just Majima... The rights to decide is sits back with Majima, not in the hands of anyone else. Whoever has authority to let him back into the Yakuza, it's always been with other people. It's always between what the big baby, I forgot his name. Shimano. Uh, big baby Shimano. Yeah, Shimano. Uh, what he wants and then what Saga wants. And it was what Lee mm-hmm. wanted. But it's the first time where Majima had the ability to choose the outcome. That's a really good point in every move every decision has not been his own and the decision to not kill Makoto and to lie to Sagawa was that like his first taste of freedom and now he's just he's not turning back but basically they don't agree Majima says no Lee's desperate he says this is the only way so of course they fight and of course Majima wins Majima leaves with the bag that has the photos and the uniform in it Majima heads to a park where he's sitting on a bench smoking and appears to be contemplating. And then he says, the hell am I even doing? And then tosses the bag in the trash and walks away. My immediate question when watching this scene is, when he says, what the hell am I even doing? Was he contemplating it? Was he considering it for a second? Actually killing this person? What do you think? I mean, I think it's more just like, what am I doing with this? Like, if I decide not to, why am I still carrying it and everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take him very long to decide. Somebody grabs the bag out of the trash can. We don't know who. All we see is like a reddish pink sleeve. And next thing you know, Majima is at his apartment. It's the next day. And he realizes that his three-day deadline is officially over and knows he's basically dead as soon as Sagawa learns that he's keeping Makoto alive. And this reminds me of Kiryu back in, I think, well, the last episode. They both had deadlines. Both of them, their time's up Mm -hmm. and now they're targets. So maybe as an overarching theme of there always being timelines. I think it also helps just to move the story forward. Yeah, definitely. It adds to the just, Uh oh, here we go again. I can't find the word. (laughs) I have found another one that'll work. It adds to like the, the direness. Of the situation. Like, this is an extreme situation. Yes, there it is. Thank you. I don't (laughs) need to scream this time. But yes, thank you. Um, They're just both in very urgent situations. But he decides playing it cool is the safest option. So he heads to the Grand to start working. Where the floor manager tells him that Lee called and asked Majima to meet him at his office. So Majima arrives at Hogushi Kaikon. And Lee has the news on and is acting all excited. And we find out that the girl from the photos was found dead. And Lee assumes Majima did it, but he says that he didn't do it. He seems awfully happy about that. Oh, he's ecstatic. He could not be happier that this woman was just found dead. His dreams have come true. And then the phone rings. The person calling asks him if he liked his present, referring to the murder. And he seems to know a bit about Majima's situation, but he knows that he was ordered to perform a hit on Makoto. And then he asks him to meet him at the Grand, where he is right now, because he wants to make a trade. And that's when we see him for the first time. It cuts to the Grand, and he's just... He's all all in, all in that shirt. <laughs> he's really <laughs> groping up a hostess. It's... You don't expect it. It just cuts directly to it, and it's just a little like, oh, okay. So it has the whole camera zooming from bottom up. Yeah, and let's okay. Here's the first thing we know about this guy: he just killed an innocent woman. Now he's feeling someone up. You would think he's the roofier, exactly. And this is why I refer to him as nasty name, which we'll find out later. Um, It also just kind of flows well. First impressions of this guy are not great. It's terrible. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's when the the chapter ends on the uh, the groping. The only thing that I think we mentioned and never finished was that 
Lee kind of like um, Awano and Sagawa think that they have a read on someone. And I think Lee is the first character to admit that he was wrong. He says that he might have underestimated Majima. So do you think that's, that there's some importance to him being the only one who admits that? Is that just sort of a signal of maybe he's not trying to control Majima, maybe he really is an ally? I think it just shows that he's more humble. Well, should we jump into chapter 8? Chapter 8. Chapter 8. I don't even remember how... Ooh, this is... It's kind of crazy. Title this Tug of War. Tug of War. I mean, should we have talked about the title of the last one at all? A Dark Escape? I don't really see how it... Maybe just the only way to escape is her, that woman being murdered. Dark Escape, me me being... She can't see anything, so it's all dark for her. She's (laughs) escaping. (laughs) You're not... I mean, I I agree with you. It's not what I was expecting you to say. (laughs) I love it, and we're going with that one. It's because she's blind. Um, the title of this one is pretty, I mean, I think it's just like tug of war over Makoto, but should we just jump into it? Yeah. All right. So we're back at Hogushi Kaikon. Lee and Majima are wondering how the heck this random guy knows enough about what's going on to kill the girl. So they're kind of freaked out and they're especially wondering, you know, like why? Actually, this is when Majima says that he must have taken the bag out of the trash they think he must have some association with the Yakuza based on him knowing that Majima was ordered to kill Makoto. After discussing all this, Majima decides to head to the Grand to confront him. Yet again, outside the Grand, he runs into the same Yakuza, but this time, he says, the Patriarch is inside. So, now we know, kind of, who these Yakuza are, and we kind of know who this mystery man is. They are in the Yakuza in some some aspect, some regard. So Majima enters, and man, this guy is just so nasty. <laughs> he He's is. just... This conversation, like, I don't even feel like we can repeat it. He... He's gross. He's asking to get felt up. That's as, as innocent as I can make it. But what does she charge? Like, she's like, oh, maybe for ten grand a second? Or a minute? Mm-hmm. No, a second. A anyway, second. Not it's, a minute. it's not important. Not a minute. <laughs> It's not important, but for some reason we needed to talk about it. This guy's just kind of gross. He needs to get a hold get a hold of himself. Majima walks up and he's pretty irritated at the hostess and at the grand being closed to customers, even though we learn that he rented the entire place out. Mystery patriarch man shoes away the hostesses so that he and Majima can talk openly. Majima immediately asks who he is. And that is when we learn that his name is Nishitani. He is retainer to the 5th Omi Alliance chairman, which is the same as Sagawa, and patriarch of the Kijin clan. He wants Makoto too and asks where Majima has her hidden. And his goons told him that Majima is really strong. And this is where he starts to just compound on his nastiness. He's like, it just like gets my juices flowing. (laughs) I want to fight you. He's... It's so uncomfortable. For the viewers. Yes. Moving right along. Majima asks him, you got all your marbles? And it's a fair question, but he sort of just skirts past it and says that he doesn't want to kill Makoto. He just wants to talk to her and asks Majima if he will just hand her over. Majima responds by asking him what it is he's after and why everyone's after Makoto. And Nishitani responds that he can't help him, but he says, I got a client I'm working for. But he continues on to say, why don't you beat it out of me? And then he uh, punches Majima in the face. Of course, we know Majima has his code of the customer is king. So he refuses to fight him until Nishitani thinks of a loophole and calls the cops on himself and says to Majima, I'm just a thief now, so you can fight me. And then he says something really nasty. This is why I call him Nasty Nishitani. And then they fight. Majima wins. Big surprise there. Then the cops show up, and before they drag him away, Majima tries to get some more information out of him, but Nishitani's being super cagey and won't say anything. Any notes for you on this opening scene? 
Other than he's gross? No. He is fantastically gross. I'm a little concerned for who wrote the dialogue for this character. I don't think yeah. they're okay. All right, scene one. Mm-hmm. After Nishitani is dragged away, Majima heads up to his office, where he is surprised to see Sagawa and asks how long he's been there, most likely worried about what he has overheard. Sagawa responds just since after the cops busted in, so it's likely he didn't hear anything. That would reveal Majima has not actually killed Makoto. But Sagawa is irritated that Majima didn't inform him that he killed, in quotes, Makoto, in quotes. Sagawa kind of starts grilling him a little bit. He asks why he beat her face in, just to leave her in her uniform. Majima's cover for this is saying that he can barely remember what he did, and this is his first time killing someone, so basically it was just all a blur to him. Sagawa seems to buy this. He says it's not impossible. So even though Sagawa seems to be buying all of Majima's excuses, he then says, You've been acting funny for a while now. Couldn't help but wonder if you were keeping secrets. So does he know that he's keeping secrets, or is he just putting feelers out? Yeah. I think he knows too. And then he continues on to say, There's no way you could keep something from me, because you've still got the scars to remind you what would happen if you did. Pretty sure this is a threat. What do you think this conversation is? Do you think this is him giving Majima one last chance to come clean? You took that right out of my mouth because that's what I was just going to say is that I think Saigo is just trying to test Majima to see where his loyalties lie before he takes action. Yeah, and I think he kind of likes Majima. I don't think he wants to have to kill him. I think that's why he gave Majima so many chances. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think had Majima not mean something to him, he probably would have already offed him. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. He controls Majima, he has to torture him, essentially, keep him in this prison. But he kind of likes him. I don't know if it's just respect. I think it's respect out of him lasting this long. So we're pretty sure he knows, and that he just threatened Majima, and that this was basically his last chance to come clean. But Majima does not take the chance, and Majima now realizes that he needs to work super fast before Sagwa finds out or acts on it if he does already know, and heads back to the warehouse. When he gets outside of the Grand, guess what? He's stopped by somebody again. This time it's not the Yakuza, though. It's the Chinese doctor who says that he can't find Lee after he was supposed to come by the hospital and that he needs painkillers or else he'll barely be able to move. So he takes the pills and arrives back at the warehouse to give them to Lee. He responds, thanks, not that I really need them. And then Lee asks how the meeting went, and Makoto interjects at this point to ask who the phone guy is and if something happened. So Lee says it's nothing that she needs to worry about, but Makoto really just wants to know what's going on. And then she says, this is all happening because people are after me, right? And you two are working to fix it. She really wants to help. She says, let me help too. Staying shut in here while you two put yourselves in danger for me is just... And then she says, I can't. So I think she's feeling guilty and we know from, you know, the watch scene that she's tired of feeling weak and she wants to get stronger. The thing is, Lee stays silent. He doesn't answer her, but Majima does. He fills her in and Lee at the same time. He tells her who the phone guy is, which is Nasty Nishitani. He says that he wants Makoto, but not dead. But he still doesn't know why, and then that the cops came to arrest him. And before we move on, I just want to talk about the difference between... Lee not telling Makoto what's going on versus Majima filling her in on the situation. I mean, it'd be hard for, like, a father figure to not just see their kid as a kid. But I think Majima sees her more, you know, as a stronger person than maybe Lee is in this instance. I think especially after the watch conversation. I agree that Majima witnessed how much stronger she wants to get. But it's also that Majima has been pretty transparent up till this point, so don't feel like he has another reason to hide this from her. Mm-hmm. Lee is just losing a daughter. He treats her as a daughter, and I guess he, like a parent wouldn't want the kid to be stressed. I, I guess guilty, because he knows that if he says anything, she's just going to feel guilty. And I think it's also that Majima sees her more as an equal. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily an equal. Um but as an adult, and Lee sees her as someone who's still weak. 
who stole a child. Yeah, that just made me think because he and Makoto had that conversation. Like, they've both been tortured. They both both lost their eyesight. So I think he knows, to some extent, what she went through and knows Mm -hmm. if she could handle that, then this is, like, nothing. At this point, it's, I mean, what are you protecting her from? She's already trying to be killed. Majima continues to say that Sagawa is their biggest problem at the moment and that he thinks Sagawa is wise to the fact that Makoto is still alive. So he suggests that Lee and Makoto get out of Sotenbori and he'll figure something out to deal with Sagawa. At this point, Makoto asks if Majima is going to come with, and this is when he tells her that the city is his prison, and basically that him trying to leave with them would make it nearly impossible to escape. At this point, they're interrupted when the door opens and the doctor walks in the room. Turns out that he followed Majima, and Sagawa's spies are right behind him. He apologizes to Lee and says, You once told me that Chinese living in Japan need need to help one another, but that money is the only thing that can keep you safe. So it's pretty clear that he took money from Sagawa's spies to reveal the location where they're hiding Makoto. A cart homeless man who we saw in Chapter 3 attacks the doctor with a crowbar and makes it makes a nasty sound effect. It makes my teeth yeah, hurt. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, I hate it. Another fight breaks out. Majima defeats them while Lee protects Makoto in the background. Lee feels, I think, responsible for what he told the doctor. He says, oh, money over countrymen. I guess I did essentially say that. So I think this guilt leads him to make the decision to help the doctor, despite Majima saying that they need to go because Sagawa is sure to send more guys. So Lee tells Majima to head to Hogoshi Kaikon with Makoto. He has a van there that will help them get out of Sotenbori, and in the meantime, he's going to run the dock to his underground hospital. I mean, part of me, I feel like Majima does have a point here where the guy just betrays him. Yeah. I agree with Majima in this case. I'm usually more of an empathetic person, but, like, <laughs> if you do something no, like that, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you chose. You made your choice. Yeah, and you suffered the consequences. Exactly. So they head out. Majima and Makoto are met by some more thugs outside the warehouse. Majima tells them to give Sagawa a message. Tell Sagawa... I didn't write the rest of the quote, so I don't know what it is. You can kiss my... (laughs) Essentially, yes. But the important part is, basically, you can tell Sagawa. Like, the jig is up. He's done. He's not Sagawa's pet anymore. And this is, I think, a major moment for Majima's character. He's ready to take on Sagawa. They continue sneaking through the streets to avoid detection, but she says, I won't just sit around and be protected. And Majima responds, if that's how you feel, better do what you can. Right now you can run. Past that, you're going to have to come up with something yourself. And this is more insight into Majima just being blunt and honest, which honestly I think is what Makoto needs. I think Lee's probably been just like coddling, yeah, coddling hand-holding her. He's saying it's not your fault, but he understands that she feels guilty. And do you think that has anything to do with his guilt for Saijima being in prison? No. <laughs> no, I, I didn't make that connection. And Yeah, it just popped up in my head right now, so it's not a super developed thought. But it's just um, a potential connection of, like, she has people risking themselves for her, basically being put in danger because of her. And Majima has Saijima on death row. Not necessarily because of him, but he wasn't there. It's sort of like a survivor's guilt. So I don't know, maybe he just understands, even if it's not the same, he understands guilt and then wanting to do something to make it right. All right, so now they've just about made it to the office and Lee catches up with them. He runs ahead to go start the car while Majima and Makoto follow behind him more slowly. He gets in and starts the car, and it explodes. And I believe that this is, despite Dancing Woman in the last episode, the first on-screen confirmed character death. So I feel like we need to talk about it. Yeah. And we came up with a uh, like a segment name for this. Mm-hmm. And since he's... We think a decent character. We're going to call it So Long. <laughs> uh-huh. So Long, Mother Respecter. 
You can imagine mm-hmm. what we will call it when um, a not-so-great character passes on. But for now, first edition, so long, Mother Respector. Mm-hmm. Should we discuss Lee's character? I think, is it weird that I think there is a little bit of karma that he was a hitman and he's going to die. Don't know whoever did this is a hitman. Like, we don't know yet. But it, it's... It's pretty clear it was murder. Yeah. But the thing is, though, no, I'm trying to think of this how to explain it without too many spoilers, is that mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a theme where there's karma. And so whatever Lee's done in this past, it's not necessarily catching up, but the redemption part. Only mm-hmm. his death can redeem himself. And then it goes, yeah, back into the redemption theme. And that's actually a mm-hmm. note I have here in talking about his death mm-hmm. is he wasn't a great guy. But did, I mean, did he find redemption at the end by, you know, he turned that raid, that job, turned that into helping Makoto and now gave her the building blocks for a life? Is that redemption enough? If that's not enough, it's the fact that he started the car and went ahead to do it and got himself killed. But that also meant he spared Makoto from potentially being in that car. And let's just remember, he just saved the doctor who betrayed him. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of people who would do that. Majima certainly wouldn't have. I think this is going to test Makoto's level of guilt. Because you know that she was already feeling guilty. And and then now she gets pretty much her father figure killed. And so I think it's just going to... It's another test for Makoto to see how strong she is. Definitely. And... I don't know, maybe we're missing an, an obvious major theme, which is just guilt. Mm-hmm. You know, Kiryu had guilt for getting Tug Kazuma of war in feelings. trouble. Yeah, exactly. Tug of war feelings. Yeah. I mean, I think Majima has guilt for not being there for Saijima. Makoto has guilt. But yeah, this will definitely be a catalyst for, for her character. Well, I think if anything, if, if he didn't find true redemption by the end of his life, it shows that you can at least start on that road. Which he did. He he left that life. He helped somebody. I think sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Even though he didn't know it and he didn't know his future, I think ultimately him dying leads to Makoto staying alive, which will then have a domino effect with everything else. Oh, yeah. Huge dominoes. <laughs> Multi-level <laughs> dominoes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just starting down the path to redemption. Does that count as redemption? You know, if you die before you complete it? I think it's intention. I think intention counts for half of it. Agreed. And let's not forget, this guy has got like four bullet holes in him. And he's working this hard. He's, He's a monster. He's definitely troubled, but I think it sort of shows kind of like... The human side. Yeah, the human side, but also just the kind of person that any of these characters we're following could turn into. Because, you know, mm-hmm. they, like he put it, they've all stepped in the shadows. And they still have that stain on them, but they can still try. And him trying has saved three lives. The Doctor, Makoto, and Majima. So even if you are stained, it's not too late to find redemption. I think that's the, the main theme for his character. What do you think? Agreed. It feels like we're giving out life lessons. We are. We have no experience. <laughs> <laughs> don't smoke, kids. And don't grope. Don't roofie. So, the car explodes. Majima and Makoto are blown backwards. Makoto has been knocked out. She's unconscious. Majima kind of checks on her. He can't stand. He can barely move. Guess who walks up with a gun? None other than Sagawa. And this is when he starts... A little mini monologue. He says, you're the worst, buddy. How could you lie to me like that? It breaks my heart. So this is sort of confirmation that he does like Majima. And he was hoping that he would take that final chance to come clean and stay on Sagawa's side. He raises the gun, but he gets shot in the back. I wrote he gets shot in the back from behind. How else do you get shot in the back? (laughs) Uh, A curved bullet. A curved bullet. (laughs) Those boomerang bullets. TM. (laughs) Um, He turns to shoot 
the person who shot him, but he's too slow and he gets shot in his hand holding the gun. Falls to the ground, but we can still see him kind of squirming in the background. So unfortunately, this will not be an addition of so long, mother The gunman is not somebody that we recognize. He's wearing a white suit. He checks on Makoto and then pistol whips Majima. And that's the chapter. Have at it, Kathy. Let me hear your notes. One of the things I just kind of wanted to summarize in general is when Majima goes like, you didn't do anything wrong, no need to apologize. Because Makoto does apologize a lot. As viewers, as players, as watchers, I think we forget that Kiryu and Majima also didn't do anything wrong. There's so much blame on these two. Someone should reiterate to them that you also didn't do anything wrong. And while their life choices maybe aren't the most innocent in their situations, they are innocent. I think we can all agree Majima did his time. He'd lost an eye. For contemplating murder. He did He did his time. <laughs> oh, I also have another note. Why didn't that guy kill Sagawa? That's a, a good question. I don't know if he's just like a no murder guy. If he's on the no murder train. No unnecessary murdering. Maybe he thinks he killed him. I mean, one shot to the back. Yeah, but then he turned around and he had to shoot at him again. So I would think, just to be safe, if you really mm. want him dead, might give him a third one. <laughs> or a headshot. Maybe he just... Because we know, like, it's pretty clear he takes Makoto and dips. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was just trying to act fast before... I mean, there was just an explosion. People are going to come running. I'm sure Sagawa's got more guys on the way. So maybe he's just trying to get, get Makoto and get out. So the whole Omi Alliance thing is confusing. So we have Sagawa and we have Nishitani, nasty Nishitani. They're both after Makoto. They're both at the same level in the Omi Alliance. But Sagawa wants her dead and Nishitani wants her alive. We know Sagawa is acting on Shimano's orders, who is in the Tojo clan. And we know Nishitani has a client, but we don't know who. So, what the heck is happening? <laughs> we got Tojo Toes dipping in the Omi pool. We have two equal level Omi patriarchs fighting for the same person. What is happening? Nobody's on the same page. They're all just trying to race to the top. Just like the rats are scattering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like what we were talking about in the end of the chapter, The Yakuza Way. It's everybody with different motives pulling the same strings. And that string right now is just Makoto. I think that's it. Did we do it? Ready to close out Destiny? Uh, yeah, I guess we should say episode 5. I will post the gameplay for chapters 9 and 10, and then we'll be discussing it next week. On one, okay? Three, two, one.